Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, the Bucks introduced Bruce Arians Thursday, as Jason Light said. I want to introduce Bruce Arians, the coolest damn coach in the NFL. We'll talk about how Arians won the press conference when he actually did decide to come out of retirement. And you'll get to hear our off-the-podium interview with Arians in the media room in just a minute. So you can only imagine uh, how good that was. We got all of that on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, next month is Valentine's Day. It's right around the corner. So if you want something nice for your wife or your girlfriend, go see our friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Whether you're looking for a statement piece like a pair of diamond earrings or a bracelet or maybe some a diamond necklace, maybe you want to pop the question and you need that perfect engagement ring. Our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, he's going to help you out. And right now, you get to save 20% off all jewelry purchases at Continental Wholesale Diamonds just for listening to this podcast. Folks, you can't beat this. Don't go to the shopping malls. That's where they got the big overhead, and that means a bigger price for you. Go see your friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds and save 20% off all jewelry purchases right now. It's Continental Wholesale Diamonds. It's where I shop there. It's 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. All right, so uh, Steve, I was at the extravaganza today, also known as Bruce Arians uh, Press Conference, and... Uh, have they got the parade was, planned for uh, February next year? No. Okay. What parade was that? The Gasparilla Parade? What are no, we after about? they win the Super Bowl. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Not quite ready for that yet. Just, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, they haven't played a game yet, so I suppose it's possible. But um, I've been through a few of these. <laughs> Let me just say that the Glazers, like the one thing they can do is we know they can fire coaches. They're not so good at that. It's a little clunky. They're really good at hiring coaches, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because all these news conferences start to run together after a while. So since 2009, they've they've had a, a coach hired what just about every other year. It seems like. I mean, this is the fifth this, one. So six since. I mean, they've had six coaches since 08, but it's the fifth yep. coach they've hired since 2009. And uh, and there's been some there's been some awkward moments. I mean, remember Raheem Morris was sort of lost up there. He'd never been even a coordinator and. You just kept talking about trying to be your best self, and I'm one of 32 and all this stuff. And then, um, you know, Denciano was, you know, right out of central casting, you know, the real kind of militaristic uh, my way, the highway guy. And then Lovey was the prodigal son. He kind of came home and, you know, talked about fighting, you know, howler monkeys in Costa Rica on vacation. It was just weird. (laughs) But – but really, like, this was like, when you think about it, you can go all the way back to John Gruden. Like, this was, in my opinion, like the first coach since John that came in here and, you know, had – I mean, Lovey had been to a Super Bowl, right? And he had coached nine years. He, was, he had a, rec- a good record. But, you know, for all the sort of charisma – I don't know, uniqueness being a unique character and a guy that had won before, I really think that Arians 
you know, is the best that they've had uh, as far as winning the press conference. Now we'll see what he does during the regular season, but there's a reason to believe, and it, it just felt right. You know, it felt like, you know, that this guy sort of has the history. Then, and I mean, his his history is incredible, right? I mean, this guy, you know, played or coached with Bear Bryant and uh, has coached since 1975. Has been everywhere as a coordinator, and of course, didn't become a head coach until very, very late. Um, but he shows up. You know, he's got the paper boy hat, got the Ray Ban uh, horn rim glasses, and the you know, black leather and white soled shoes, and he's just, you know, the suit's just perfect. And I don't know, he just, he can command a room. I mean, that's the one thing I would say is that it's impressive to sort of see him, you know, stand up there and, the, and, and you know, deliver just, you know, everything he said was measured and, and uh, uh, you know, had purpose and had some great one-liners in there. So, Look, he won the he won the press conference. It's a lot harder to do to win something else here in Tampa, but I I thought he gave a a great, you know, first day, great first impression for sure. Yeah, well, and, and that's what we expected from him. I mean, you and I both agreed sure. that this may be the best coaching hire of the offseason. That I think it is. The right coaching hire for this franchise and, and where they stand at this time with the the past history with Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and and what they need to do going forward. So you know, it kind of felt, you know, it's maybe cliche or corny, but almost a coronation of, mm-hmm. you know, you and you kind of hope it fits that they finally got it right. Right. Well, it was, you know, then we had to listen. To, I mean, Jason was trying to convince us afterwards that, no, this was a totally open process. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you want to you stick with that, okay, that's cool. I mean, look, maybe, you know, there was always a chance that Arians would back out, he'd get cold feet, that he wouldn't want to actually come back into coaching and, well, Almost feel sorry and, and for you, his wife, you and Chris. I both agree that they probably were calling some big names too to see. I think so. You know whether it's so. you know a Harbaugh or an Urban Meyer or Nick sure. Saban or you know who knows who else. But I'm sure right. there were some of those calls. I mean, I, I think you wrote about it, and pretty much the whole world as soon as Dirk Cutter was gone, it was like, okay, Bruce Arians going to be the coach. As soon as they kept yeah. Jason Light, that was what everyone assumed. Right. And that's the perfect reason to keep Jason Light, too, because if you want to attract a Bruce Arians, um, he's going to want to make sure he knows who the, you know, who the general manager is. Arians said that, you know, basically he needs three things to win, maybe four, but um, ownership being one and, you know, the relationship between the coach and the general manager. And then, of course, the quarterback, which is really the reason why Bruce Arians is here. I mean, he is here to fix it. James Winston, a guy that he has known since middle school, um, somebody that uh, he's played and competed against, somebody he has watched closely, you know, as he all the way through college. I guess going back uh, when he was 11 or 12, whenever he had that camp in Birmingham, Alabama, he says there's five players that were from that camp that has made it to the NFL. And so he's taken wow. a particular interest in those guys. Yeah. Um, now there's probably, you know, probably several hundred, I would think, that were probably at the camp, but um, he said there were five, and of course he watched Jameis win a Heisman Trophy and a national championship, and and uh, you know certainly with the Cardinals um, has seen him you know become the number one pick in the draft and all that. So he was always a Jameis Jameis guy. He said that Jameis you know had a big reputation even in middle school as being this you know can't miss sort of prospect at quarterback, um, and and now he has him. And so I asked him you know. Like he's in the final year of his contract, and 
it's do or die. I mean, that's why Bruce Arians is here for this quarterback, not for, you know, a chance to uh, draft and develop somebody else, although that may happen. And, you know, that, that's a lot of pressure. It's like you got to produce, you got to win right away. So I asked him if that was a lot of pressure. Oh, no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. I, I want him to relax and play the game. Uh, he's, talent's no issue. It's just becoming a little bit smarter um, with the, the Clyde Christensen as his quarterback coach and Byron Leftwich. He's going to be coached as well as I think he's, he's ever been and more prepared than he's ever been uh, fundamentally and mentally. So it's his team. I, and I'll tell our players in the first meeting, this isn't my team. It's your team. We'll be as good as you want to be. They're going to bring in my friend Clyde Christensen, who was on Tony Dungy's staff, to be the quarterback's coach. And he was quarterback's coach with Peyton Manning, so he has a lot to draw on there. And then Byron Leftwich, according to Bruce Arians, said it officially yesterday that, uh, uh, that you know he is going to make Byron Leftwich the offensive coordinator and allow him to call the plays. Um, even though he said he would be you know heavily involved, he really thinks that Leftwich is going to become one of the real sort of elite core or elite coaches. Um, and and look, when he comes in the building, he's going to have credibility with Jameis Winston because he played right. He played the position in the NFL. He's been through the wars, so he sees the game the way the quarterback does. And I think you know that's going to be something that Jameis is probably going going to embrace. Um, but it was it was interesting because there were some things that sort of tumbled out. Um, both during the press conference and then after we'll play for you in just a minute. Um, the writers got to sit down with Bruce Arians after he was done with all the television and things like that and the other media, and um, we, had some, we had some pretty good questions for him. And I'll just give you a behind-the-scenes look here in just a minute of, of what it was like um, talking to Bruce Arians. But a couple of things that jumped out. Once again, Arians was asked about Gerald McCoy, and every time people ask about Gerald McCoy – they get stoned. It's basically... Every player will be evaluated going forward. And uh, obviously, we've got some, some work to do in that area. So saw him this morning. He's working out, and I uh, hope so. Man, you're not saying that about Mike Evans. You're not saying that about O.J. Howard, okay, or Jameis Winston. So it's interesting that... But, but um, isn't some of that because their contracts are guaranteed money and Gerald's isn't? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's it. It's and, not necessarily Gerald, about his production or ability. It's... It's about salary cap. Well, it's kind of about well, that. because It is you, somewhat, yes. but As you know, if the production doesn't match the salary, then that's when they're going to look at the salary. Um, overall, they probably have some, some situations where, you know, obviously they want to create cap space and, and um, you know, and pay some bills and things like that. But, no, it's, it's funny to have a player as renowned and as, uh, you know, good as he's been through the years like Gerald McCoy, and no one wants to say the name Gerald McCoy because <laughs> – I can remember a lot of coaches that wouldn't even want to go on the field without that guy. That's that's not not really been the case. So, yeah, it's uh, the other thing that uh, that sort of popped out was, and and we'll play this here in a minute when we were in the scrum in the media room, just the beat writers and whatnot. Um, he was asked about what happened here in Tampa Bay last year with respect to the quarterbacks. He goes, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. You know, I think that those guys were looking over their shoulder. They were trying to outdo each other. You know, one would get benched, the other one would come in. And basically he said, in essence, that Jameis Winston is the guy. They're building around Jameis Winston, and they're going to tell everybody this is his team. Um, they'll have other quarterbacks that can come in and play. 
if uh, you know if required. But you know, it's it's pretty interesting the way they are all behind Jameis Winston. It's not going to be any of this competition stuff. You know, Bruce Arians really believes in him. That's part of his mo is that he he you know he gets behind one guy and and then he tries to build him up. In fact, uh, we were talking about all the quarterbacks he's coached, and he said, you know. If anything, I got fired in Pittsburgh because I was too close to Ben Roethlisberger. You know, they just, you know, and there are other issues too, but obviously uh, that relationship was was pretty special. So Jameis is going to have somebody that's going to be in his corner this time. But isn't it a lot easier for him to be too? I mean, look look at Dirk Cutter last season. Jameis Mm -hmm. Winston was missing the first three games due to a suspension. Yep. Dirk Cutter himself said it was courageous for the owners to bring him back, and he was under pressure to improve on a 5-11 and record. Where Bruce Arians comes in, and if Jameis falls flat on his face this year, and he sticks with them for yeah. all 16 games, Bruce Arians is going to be back the next year. Absolutely. You know, he's not. this is not a one-and-done, no matter what happens. That, you know, they're going to figure out, you know, what Jameis' ceiling is, but, you know, it... it it's easy for Bruce Arians to say that because of the situation. And and Dirk was in a very tough situation where he's fighting for his job. He can't be worried about next year or even next week. It was, I have to win this week. That's exactly right. And that's, you know, the old saying, if you think short-term, we'll think short-term and vice versa. Um, but I still, you know, Arians has a lot of belief in Jameis Winston. It was funny because, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll play this in just a minute, after the uh, – after the news conference, he met with the beat writers, as I mentioned. And one of the questions that came up was, you know, I don't know if it's Ira Kopp. I was like, eh, you'll live with the interceptions, right? I mean, eh, sometimes. He goes, yeah, I'll live with one. <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes, you start throwing two or three, we got a big problem. <laughs> and so it's like, uh, I don't know if you know about Jameis, but, like, typically there's more than one in a game. <laughs> like, that wouldn't be cool with you. So... You know, he's got the Bear Bryant philosophy where, you know, coach him hard and hug him, hug him later. But, um, well, and he likes to push know, it too. He likes to oh, he does. push it down the oh, field. And, and that's good. You're going to yeah. have some interceptions with that. You are. And, and I don't think he, he expects him to be perfect, but he's got to do a better job of taking care of the ball. And, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to give up a lot of pressure. Look, Jameis better come back with a lot of body armor on him in terms of muscle and whatnot because. If you play for Bruce Arians in this system, you are going to get hit, and you are going to get hit hard. That's what Kent Summers um, told us from the Arizona Republic yesterday on the podcast. That's was, correct. You know they don't they don't believe in holding guys in to block. Nope it's it's R five is going to block you whoever you send. That's right. They're getting the five eligible out. They're not chipping. They're not doing all that other stuff. So you know you're going to have to hold up, and that's what he said that you know their their task is to build both the offensive and defensive line. That's what this team needs to be, needs to be more physical, that sort of thing. Um, and so Arians guys work cut out for him. I think you're going to see most of the assistant coaches, by the way, are, are starting to trickle in. Um, certainly a bunch of them have signed. We're supposed to uh, later today uh, talk to Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator of the Bucks. Of course, he was fired by the New York Jets, and there was some, some you know, debate back and forth whether he was going to come here or go to Chicago. I don't think it was ever that close. Um, but Bowles is an interesting guy. I mean, look, when you when you take the combination, um, and, you know, some of these guys will have trouble attracting good assistant coaches because either they're coming from college or, or whatnot, and they'll let the GM sort of hire them. 
But, man, um, you know, Bowles is really good. When you take the combination of him and Arians, you've got two pretty stellar, uh, you know, coaches there. And I think he's going to have he's, – he's, he's different than Arians in that he's more quiet, but when he speaks, it has a lot of force. Uh, and I think he's going to be great mm-hmm. for this defense. They're going to have to build – you know, they're going to have to add to it. I mean, they don't have enough pieces. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, Gerald McCoy aside, this defense has to uh, get better personnel, I think, overall. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the other things I like about this coaching staff is, and, and Bruce said it himself, every one of them either played or coached for Aaron. That's right. That's they right. They all know him. And a lot of mm-hmm. them have played or coached with each other, too. That's right. Where, you know, they know what Bruce wants. They know what the goal is they you know there's there's a lot of that you know you put coaching staffs together and, and you like this guy but you've never worked with them and this and and so you're figuring everything out this coaching staff's not going to have to do that that's right that's right and so the only question is whether you know arians is is going to be all in like how long how long does he think he can make it and he seems refreshed he's he, you know mentioned he got a clean bill of health um you know, all those things. He's got a four-year contract with a fifth-year option. And, you know, there could be a, a guy or two on his coaching staff that, you know, maybe maybe replace him. I don't think there's any succession plan right now. But, you know, certainly he believes in developing some of these young coaches. And they're all loyal to him. Everyone, as you mentioned, they either played or coached with him. So I think, it's, I think this is since I – let's say since mm, – since – John Gruden had Monty Kiffin as his defensive coordinator. This is the best sort of head coach, defensive coordinator, maybe staff around it um, than the Bucks have had at least since 2008. Would you agree, Steve? I mean, I, I think there's a big-time coaching staff. I absolutely agree. I mean, I think, I think there was hopes for Lovey Smith and Leslie Frazier. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, that was a good, good hire. You know, and, and Mike Smith had a five-game stretch that looked really good with Dirk and, and Mike Smith. He did. Um, but I mean, you know, going into a season, going into a higher, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, we've seen what Todd Bowles defenses can do. You yep. know what Bruce Arians can do with quarterbacks. Yep. You know, I think if you're a Bucks fan, this has to be the most excited coaching hire since Gruden. I think it is. I just make so much sense. The other ones were projections. The other ones were reaches at times. Um, you know, they were restricted a little bit by, salary cap and some uncapped years and things like that. But um, I'll say this, Arians is going to be a lot of fun. I think the players will love playing for him. I know that from a fan standpoint, you know, the media will get a lot of information from him and a lot of color as well. Uh, I can see the entire stadium selling out with those damn newsboy hats that they're selling in the gift shop already. Um so there's a lot there's a lot that uh, that Bruce Arians brings, you know, to your franchise. Well, last year and, we had the um, Fitz Magic beards. Now you've got the nah, newspaper right. boy hats. Now you got the newspaper boy hats, and so um, I'm all for it. I mean, look, uh, you know, they, they do hirings as well as any franchise in in the NFL because they have a lot of practice at it. And at some point, somebody's going to actually put this team over the top if they can. Um, but it hasn't happened yet, and we're just going to have to follow now. I believe um, today we have a chance to maybe talk to Todd Bowles, maybe Byron Leftwich and some others, so we'll have that, of course, uh, on Monday. I wanted to give you guys a chance. You know, a lot of times, most of the time we don't play news conferences. I mean, 
if you wanted to watch the news conference, you probably watched it on television or internet or something today. But after all the cameras were gone and the lights were off, um, Bruce Arians, as is sort of the tradition with a new head coach, came into the uh, into the media room and spoke probably for around 15 minutes or so, just answering questions from a bunch of writers in that room, including myself and Eduardo Encina and Jenna Lane, just a lot of people in there, uh, the Peter Report guys, asking questions of Bruce Arians. And I thought they were good questions. I thought they were even better responses. So we're going to take you behind the scenes a little bit. This is after Arians has done the press conference. He's done a lot of one-on-ones with cameras. And he comes into uh, to the media room, the print media room, and uh, this is sort of how we were able to uh, take turns peppering some questions at Bruce Arians and some pretty, I thought, some pretty revealing answers as well. All right, the big question, what would you order at Ava? What would you order? Joe gave me everything, pizza, pasta, salad, and a lot of cocktails. Meatball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, everything. It was, it was unbelievable. You guys really do have a lot in common. I mean, not just oh, where yeah. you're from. But. Hazleton and our coaching styles, and we, we've shared a lot of philosophies. Yeah. We, you know, he likes sayings a little bit more than me, but we, uh, we, we've shared a couple. And uh, good, really good friend. Really got to – Jason introduced us about yeah. four or five years ago. You ever bring a python into the locker room? Like no, 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 no. No penguins. Me and snakes, no. Bruce, how hard will this job be? How what? How hard will this be? I don't think very hard at all. I think there's an excellent base of talent here. I don't think talent will be an issue when we take the field next year. It's just playing smarter, especially in situational football. Um, Jason and I will we'll get to work right away on evaluating the roster. We'll get the coaches in here, evaluate the roster. Uh, what what can we do to improve the roster at every position and, uh, and, and get it out on the field and start practicing and uh, Really, really can't wait. You know, get this coaching staff in here hopefully next week, get them acclimated. But I don't think talent, and I'll tell the players first me, talent will not be an issue. I'm not, I don't have any speeches that make you a winner. You decide if you want to win or not, and then you'll be accountable to each other for every decision that you make. It has to be on and off the field with one cause, and that's the winner range. What's the first thing you do, Coach, when you get your staff here? Do you guys look at every player? Is that the first thing you do is everything, roster every, evaluation? Everybody that's on this team, practice squad, they probably know most of the guys just haven't been through the draft with them. And uh, so, yeah, it's um, – and, and I always say don't tell me what a player can't do. Tell me what he can do. Let's, let's build it around what they can do. We'll, we'll try to work around what they can't do. Coach, I know that uh, Bear Bryant was a big influence on you. What did you learn from him that is still, you know, you can still apply in today's NFL? The last words he said to me when I when I left to be the head coach at Tampa was, "Coach him hard and hug him later." Uh, I kind of live by that motto. And when I coach him hard, sometimes it's real ugly. But when you're on a guy like that, you find him in the locker room and you tell him, it's, "I'm talking about your football. Your football stinks. You're a hell of a guy. All right, don't take it personal. It's coaching, not criticism." Once they once they realize that. Then you can build trust and start building on. Do you think your honesty, like you've talked about the mistakes you made when you were younger and, and you're a guy that gives a second chance, do you think that helps you connect to some, some players? Or? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think my door is always open. Just you might not like the answer you're going to get. But come in and ask. And uh, whether it's playing time, anything, con- I don't do the contractual stuff. Um, but I'm going to give you what I think. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And uh, so when you come in there, be ready for the right answer. 
your wife, uh, talking to her, she's done a lot of heavy lifting over the years for you. She's put up with you, late night coaching life. I mean, could you have done this without her? No, not even close. We've been together 50 years, married 47, and um, you know, I, she's a lawyer. I made her take five bar exams. That was enough. And then, then she became a volunteer for CASA. I don't know if you're all aware of what yeah. CASA is. And I watched her save these kids one at a time. So when we got that platform in Arizona, we started the Arians Family Foundation. And we'll start that here real soon. Um, she's already talking to the Hillsborough people. I think they're guardian at items here. And uh, we'll have our, our fundraisers here and try to help the, the children here in Hillsborough County and all of, all of Western Florida. How's she put up with you? That's, that's a really good question. Uh, probably say, how do you stay married 47 years? We're probably apart 20 of them. I get fired, move another job, and she'd raise the kids and come six months later. So uh, that, that was probably that just start all over again, you know, new romance. Bruce, you hear, you hear a lot of coaches around the league say, uh, I, want my, I want this to be a tough team to play against, tough team to play against. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for Bruce Arians? When they walk off the field, they know we're in a battle. You know, when we were at Temple, we didn't win a lot of games, but the team that we played lost next week because we beat the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just always, we want to be physical. We want a very smart team, we want a very fast team, and a very physical team. Bruce, when you look at O.J. Howard, Cam Bray, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphries, have you, have you seen or been a part of a, a wider array of offensive weapons? It's, it's an excellent one, you know, and uh, you know, I, I think we've got a couple of young running backs that aren't bad, so... Um, for me, uh, it's probably the best walking into group. Uh, I walked into a pretty good group of Plexico Burris and Heinz Ward and Antoine in, in, in Pittsburgh with Heath Miller. But, yeah, I mean, to have those two tight ends and, and those three or four wide receivers, uh, it, it's, they're like toys. I mean, they're fun to play with. Have you talked to James, have you talked to James since you've taken this job? Yeah, yeah, we talked, uh, like? we talked a couple. Well, we're both really excited <laughs> and uh, you know, looking forward to catching up with him real fast, real soon. Bruce, one of your is it one that, that you know isn't just inside the building but outside the building? Too? I probably got fired for one of them because we were too close. Oh yeah. And, uh, Which one? <laughs> ben and uh, you know they become my sons, and uh, I, I'm very interested in their, what they're doing off the field, on the field. But there has to be a level of trust between a head coach and a play caller and a quarterback. You, you can't tell me what you think. You have to tell me what you really saw, and, and don't worry about the answer. Just give me the truth, and we then we can work. We can go. I think that goes with every position, really, but especially a quarterback. How do you? You've always been known as being at the cutting edge of technology, uh, as far as the virtual stuff and all. You know, going back to film mm -hmm. and all that. Um, you know, is there other, are there products out there that you like that you're going to bring here or that you used in Arizona with all the position groups? Are you still into that? Yeah, I'm more into sports science now. I mean, what what we're doing in sports science is amazing. Uh, guys playing 35 to 40 at a high level still. So I've, I've kind of the technologies, the technology. You don't have to be in the office past 10 unless you want to, you don't want to go home, you know, because what used to take six or seven hours breaking video down film, just punch a button and there it is. There's the red zone. There's, how long how long you got to stay in the office to do that? So to me, it's I'm really fascinated with the stuff that we're doing on the field, judging heart rates, heat, heat, everything else that's going into the player on the practice field. So we're not overworking them. We're not working them enough. And... Uh, we had great success in Arizona with that. Coach, how, how do you manage that fine line with your quarterback as far as a risky guy like Jameis Winston 
right. aggressive. No risk and no biscuit. So yeah, and it, it's it's being smart, not scared. Play smart, don't sca- don't play scared, and and. You can live with an interception if if, if one. One. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not gonna win throwing three. Right. You know, we gotta protect the football. And uh, and I think I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Clyde Christensen and Byron Leftwich are going to do a great job with him fundamentally and mentally. So I think he's going to get extremely well coached. And I don't ever, I don't ever want him throwing a football, worried about it getting intercepted. Your your quarterbacks have had to be pretty pretty tough and resilient over the years. Uh, you know, what's your? Uh, I know we're early here, but it's not like you stopped watching football. What's your early assessment of the uh, offensive line, and, and kind of what's your early plan to maybe keep James Winston upright? Well, the big thing is, is know your protections, know your hots and sides. I think every quarterback starts with protection, not the route or the coverage. Uh, they can always bring one more than you can block. Um, I think the offensive line, looking outside in, is an area we need to work on. And uh, and some guys can have talent, need to get better and get more consistent. And uh, so at, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to in the next two or three weeks of, of honing on each guy, what he does well, what he doesn't, and uh, and seeing what we need to do for the future. Bruce, can you can you out scheme people in in this league if if you don't if you're not good in the trenches if you don't have the trenches? No. Can, can you can you win? Uh, you have to have a quarterback. You can't win without a quarterback. I'll give it. Excuse me. How how good your defense is, how well you run the ball, you're getting your ass beat in the playoffs. To a good quarterback, and uh, so you have to have a quarterback. Then you have to have to have two lines of scrimmage. When you have two really good lines of scrimmage, you have a chance. How can you use your experience and your skills to make Jameis be as good as he can be? I think build that build that relationship, that trust, and. Uh, that on and off the field, um, just like we did with Andrew Luck when he came in, uh, with Ben, with Peyton, uh, it, 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 it's just building trust, having unbelievable knowledge of what you're doing. When the ball comes out of your hand, there's a reason for it. Not, oh, I thought he was open. No, there was a reason when the ball came out of your hand. Coach, do you have a general way that you handle, if you're watching film after a game and you see a guy who took maybe a couple of plays off, didn't play the whistle. Is there a way you can handle that with, with everybody? Yeah, I'll show it up on the, on the film and ask him what he's doing in front of the team. I don't have a problem with that. If you can't play hard, you can't play here. And that's just not that's not acceptable. We'll have an accountability sheet, I call it. Every mental error, every penalty in practice, is, that's how we start every day, with the accountability sheet. Now, if you're up there too much, you're either too dumb to play here or you don't give a shit. <laughs> All right, so you can't be a buck. Coach, defensively, um, you've got guys that have been here for a long time that have been kind of fixtures in 4-3 defenses, Gerald McCoy, Levante David. Uh, can those types of players, and even, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, they, you know, brought him in, of course, to be a defensive end with the 4-3. Um, can those players, can they transition into another scheme? Oh, there's no doubt. You know, it's just schematics. It's 3-4, 4-3. I mean, everybody lines up the same if you're a gap scheme, gap control defense. And we, we tried to get Jason Pierre-Paul really, really hard in Arizona. 
and we had Chandler Jones, and he's led the league in sacks in whatever the last three years. So yeah, he fits extremely well because he rushed the passer. Seventy uh, percent of the game now is nickel, so that's a four-two or, or three men. So yeah, those guys fit. If you can play football. We'll find a spot for you. What about Levante David specifically? Oh, I think he'll be a great inside linebacker for us. I mean, our, our, our stack backer, basically the same thing he's played. It's not really any different. So when did you know you wanted to do this? When did you know that, that, mm -hmm. that uh, you know, I, I think I read a quote about Cleveland, but when did you know, no, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it here? Yeah, that was early in the season. I was really pushing Chuck Pagano for the job. Yeah. <laughs> and I dumbly said, hey, yeah, yeah, I'd come out for this job. And, uh, but no, at, at probably week eight, after about eight games on, really? uh, yeah, on broadcasting and going to practice, yeah. it's like, and watching each team do it, you know, it's like, like I said, I, I almost stepped out on the field in Houston and corrected Tyron Matthew. So, <laughs> that's not my team, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that started to fire again. Yeah. You mentioned Tyron Matthew. And, you know, he, he stubbed his toe, you know, professionally at, at LSU and you took a chance on him. Jameis Winston's had some issues here. What is it about guys that that have, you know, that are a bit of reclamation projects or guys that need some forgiveness that you that you like? I needed it when I was young. But uh, everything here, we start with a clean slate, you know, from here on out. And uh, Ty, I got to know Tyron when, when the draft was coming around. He never blamed anything that happened to him on anybody else but himself. So I knew he had a chance. And... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of my favorite guys I've ever coached. What went wrong for you, Bruce, uh, the last couple of years in Arizona? What went wrong? He never blamed injuries. We went 8-8 eight and eight with our third-string quarterbacks and our third-string line, but we still went 8-8, eight and eight, so I was really proud of that. Really pissed that we had a really good team, but they're all in the 15 guys on IR. But you still go out and win. Uh, Blaine Gabbert did a great job winning a couple of ball games, got Drew Stanton back, beat Seattle and Seattle when they needed it for the playoffs. So, you know, sometimes records don't look – as good as everybody wants them, but your team played their ass off. Probably the best coaching job my guys, coaching staff ever did was to beat Seattle up there with the guys we were playing up front and Drew Stanton. You disappointed what happened to uh, Steve Wilkes, uh, uh, Bruce, in terms yeah, of one I, year? I, I don't want to see anybody get fired. You know, um, I've, been, I've been fired nine or ten times. So I don't, that's why I return every single text, every single email that I'll get, I'll get in last week. There's already been over 300 to guys are looking for a job because that was me 10 times. And I'm not going to not answer them. Uh, I'm going to tell them the truth about it's probably not going to happen, but uh, thanks for the interest. Coach, you've said before a more. Uh, that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Uh, do you think that was part of the problem with the Bucks last year? That's my philosophy. I, I think sometimes they were both looking over their shoulder. You know, one would do well for one week and then they struggle and they let's put the other one back. That's not me. We got a guy, he's our guy. and. Uh, you know, I hope to hopefully we can, can get that room uh, extremely competitive behind Jameis so that we can win with them if something happens. You're known for, for style. Uh, you, you, you like to dress well. And Deion Sanders <laughs> has said you look good, you play good. So uh, what do you think of these uniforms? Oh, I love them. I'm loving getting used to pewter. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I'm kind of really starting to dig. It's hard to find hats that way, but we're going to get them. We're going to get them done. Do you see every quarterbacks every year? I have every year, even though we didn't need one. Uh, that was just, I just like ranking them as they were coming out of college and then 
watching them be successful. Was known, you know, you were known for having a, a real strong vertical passing attack, especially like in 2015. 2016, you guys got a little more balance with the ground game, uh, a function of personnel, I'm imagining. But is it necessary to have that balance? Oh, balance is key. When At the end of the season, you'd like to have 50-50 run pass. Uh, now, some games you're winning in the fourth quarter, so you run the ball a little bit. Some games you're losing, you're throwing it all the time. So, But by the end, you like to stay balanced. Uh, throughout the first three quarters <laughs> of the game, be balanced, and then the fourth quarter, whatever it takes to win. Okay, first, when you walked in here yesterday. We got a couple live hits. We got to give them the last right, question. First, when you walked in here yesterday, the first thing they gave you was a hat. A new hat. I mean, how much of this is kind of a part of you and just kind of, you know, are you even surprised at how much it's kind of become a, a statement? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, I always wore a hat as a kid in the city, and uh, growing up, I always wore a hat. But the hat now, we'll have, a, we'll have one with a logo to sell because. And it'll be for our foundation. Every hat sold goes to our foundation. I'll do anything to raise money for kids. And if that means I wear a hat all the time, it's still good to swag on it too. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that. I, I, I'm always, you know, sort of think you should get sort of the inside what happens in the media room. We, we do very few of these one-on-one. This wasn't one-on-one, but it was the, the group of beat writers that are there quite a bit. And, uh, and and have a chance to have him sit down and talk with us, you know, like that is is pretty important. I thought he said some some pretty neat things, and you get a feel for just how how tough Bruce Arians is on his players, and just how real he is. And I think players appreciate that. I think they've always, if you're in the National Football League, you just want to be, you know, shot straight. Tell me, you know, as uncomfortable as it may be, tell me what I need to do. Um, like he said, he goes, you know, don't take it personal. He's going to stand. And he will. I saw. Um, some video of him talking, addressing the, the Cardinals for the first time. And he said, look, I don't want you guys to take any of this stuff personal. Um, you know, we can still be friends and, and I like you all as a person, but if your football sucks, I'm going to tell you your football sucks. <laughs> and so just be ready for that. And he does. I don't he know does. if you've seen I, the video of Willie Cologne. I did. I uh, saw that today. Doing a, was doing a talk show and and on Barstool Sports. Yeah. yeah, basically. So you know, he's it's a, he said it was his second year in the NFL. He's at Pittsburgh, and the other first four, year he's yeah. a starter. Though. Yeah, he's going to start at right tackle, and the other four starters yeah. are all pro, Pro Super Bowl, Bowl. Uh, you know, yeah. all pro, and you know they're all Super Bowl winner, et cetera. Yeah, he says yeah. it's a walkthrough, so which is kind of you know you're going through the the practice plan, but it's before practice, and you're just you know it's pretty chill. You're walking through, yeah. you're literally walking through sort of plays and game plans and right. stuff. So he's just kind of yucking it up and joking it up, and so he says after practice, Bruce Arians pulls him aside as they're walking to the locker room and to go get food, and you know who are you? And he's like, whoa, what, what, what? And he's like, did you notice the guys Yo. next to you? You know, yeah. Pro Bowlers and Super Bowl winners and and you know all pros. He goes, did you see them cutting it up? Right. You know, right. no, it's a little more colorful than that. But no, no, he dropped a lot of a lot of f bombs. But he, yeah, I heard it. It was great. If you get a chance to listen to that, Willie Colon was like, "This is my first year as a starter. I'm a right tackle." And he and and like you said, man, he just comes up and says, "Hey, you got a minute?" Like just as innocent, yeah, man. What do you need? <laughs> and they're and they're all walking together, right? So the guys around him know that he's in trouble because the first words out of his mouth is, what the bleepity bleep was that? You know, who the bleep are you to think you can bleepity bleep? 
And and he just tore into the guy. Mm-hmm. And he says, and it worked too because I never did it again. No, he, goes, he said that. I went out to practice. That, that practice, and I'm calling out oh. corner blitzes and everything I've never done <laughs> <Yeah>. before. Just- <laughs> He's. He was all. He was he like, goes, "That was like my. That was like a Super Bowl to yeah. me." He said the defense was ticked because yeah. he was going all out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was going to prove his coach right, and that's the kind of impact that a guy like that can have. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, on this podcast, you know, Brent Grimes mailing it in, and Arian said, "Look, if I see somebody doing that, we're going to point it out to the entire team, and then we're going to make him explain to us, mm-hmm. you know, just, just what the hell he's doing." <laughs> Not not being accountable, not playing for his teammates. And he goes, and I'll let them figure out how they want to handle it, you know. So I like – I mean, I just – I like his style. I think he's going to be a breath of fresh air. Um, just really, really uh, kind of interesting hire for the Bucks and uh, in a good coaching staff as well. So we got playoff games. Playoffs? We got playoff games this weekend, Steve. We get to the divisional We're- round. These are the good games now. Okay. Yeah, yeah these got, are the ones got through where the, the wild card weekend, are... which is it's nice, and and of course everyone is now the team to beat because they won in wild card weekend. Because <laughs> the last we saw of any football at all, right? Right. Because you know, like teams like the Saints haven't played a real game in like a month because they yeah, sat so everybody they in week seventeen yeah. and then a bye week. So exactly. So you kind of forget how good they are. Yep. So you, yes, you do. So what are the matchups? So uh, we so got, in, we in got... the NFC, you've got Philly at New Orleans. Mm. Philly at New Orleans. Look, I like what Philly did. I thought they were very lucky to win the game. Uh, obviously, anytime you get a field goal blocked at the buzzer and it hits the goal uprights and then the goal post, you, you, you got, you're doing something right. But New Orleans in that building has not lost a playoff game, and I don't see them losing now. I, I think that Drew Brees will be ready. I think he'll remind everybody how good that offense can be. Uh, with some extra time and uh, to to look at their opponent, I really like the Saints at home in this game. You're going to end, you? end Cinderella story for Saint Nick number two. I am. I lo- Nick Foles is on one hell of a run, and by gosh, if he pulls this off and goes to the championship game again, I mean now Philadelphia has a problem because they're a better team with Nick Foles at quarterback. But the better quarterback is Carson Wentz. Yeah, but he can't stay so healthy. He, he got hurt at North Dakota. He got hurt in his first year in right. the pros and hurt in the second year in the pros. He can't stay healthy. That's that's part of it. Yeah, it's certainly part of it. So, yeah, that that's uh, that's a tough one. So you like who do you like in this game? I, I got. I'm going to take New Orleans in this one. I yeah, I, I think okay. in that building, Sean Payton, Drew Brees are six and zero in the playoffs. I think that's a tough place to play. I think Philly keeps it close. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I, too. I, Did you, you still think, you know, the defending champs and, and they turned it on the second half of the season. And I, I think they just, you know, you know the experience helps. Well, not that the yeah, Saints don't have tough experience, out. but, you know, experience helps. They'll be a tough out. Do you see what Sean Payton did? So Sean Payton got a bunch of, of armed guards, like Brinks or whatever, armed guards, and, and uh, brought the Super Bowl trophy to, this is in, I guess, I assume the locker room or wherever they gather, brought the Lombardi trophy and also $250,000 in cash and had it wheeled into the locker room and gathered everybody up and said, you guys see that? You guys want that? You can have it. Uh, you know, like all you got to do is go out there and play, play your ass off, and this will all it. be yours. I love that. <laughs> 250 in cash, that had to look pretty good. That, that looks so, damn good. And that's every player's, you know, if you win three games and make it to the Super Bowl, and win, that's that's sort of what you're earning along the way is a quarter of a million dollars. So 
Kind of a kind of a neat deal for him. So what other games we got this weekend? Well, the other NFC game is you got Dallas at Los Angeles. Ah, oh, man. I like da- the way Dallas is playing. I mean, Dak can be up and down. He can be a little spotty. Um, but I kind of like what they've settled into as far as, you know, what what they what they look like. That said, I don't I don't see them winning this game, do you? I don't trust the Rams defense. And I think Zeke Elliott really? can have I think if he has a big day, yeah, then they can control the clock and control the time of possession, and I just don't trust yeah. the Rams' defense. I, I, I yeah, think Dallas is going to pull the upset in this one. And offensively, Gurley's nicked up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he's not 100%. You know, in Los so, Angeles last year in the playoffs didn't do very well. No, they didn't. Yeah. Boy, that would be a huge disappointment for all the run that Sean McVay is getting to, yeah, you know, you turned around a franchise, took them to the playoffs, and then you <laughs> lose every year. That's uh that's a tough pill to swallow, but um but yeah, that's a good game. What do we what what do we got next? We got In the more, AFC right? you got the Colts more. at the Chiefs. You got the yeah, experience of Andrew Luck. It's Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game. I you know, the thing is, I don't know what Mahomes is gonna do. I think he's I think he's a spectacular quarterback, but I wonder if the pressure of the playoffs won't affect him somehow, somewhere. Whereas to me, Indianapolis is playing with house money. I mean, Frank Reich, you know, his team started off, what, one in five. Um, he settled them down. He, you know, it, it just – I love the way they're playing defense. They're playing basically the Bucks, tampa too, but mm-hmm. doing it with such precision that no one can get any yards on them. They run the ball with Mack, but I still like the home team. I don't know why. I made a great argument for Indianapolis, but I still think the Rams get it done somehow. I just think that – I just think they're oh, you better. Mean the Chiefs, the Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. No, here's the thing that I wonder, and, and with the Colts defense and them playing as well as they are right now, is this the game that Kansas City finally misses Kareem Hunt? That could be. A good you know, point. I mean, he's not on the team anymore, but they really haven't missed him with the, the t- types of teams they've played and everything else. Is, is now a playoff game? Is this the game they're going to miss him? The other thing to consider is Kansas City has lost, I think, six playoff games in a row at home. Yeah. They get behind early. If, if, if Indianapolis comes out like oh, they did against Houston, man. I mean, that crowd is going to be on, you know, on pins and needles after this season and to be that. That being said, I still think Kansas City wins this game. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And then your final game is the Chargers at the Patriots. Look, I, I've tried to want to you know, root for Phillip Rivers just because I don't root for any, any teams, but I like people and I like stories and I think Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks to have never gone to a Super Bowl um, he's going to be in a Hall of Fame he's a really good dude um, and he's 0-7 against <laughs> the Patriots on the road so uh, Tom Brady and them just have a way man this is their time of year Yeah, I don't see they don't lose in Foxborough they don't Steve they don't lose in Foxborough in the playoffs that's all I know about them and I, I like that San Diego I think their defense can get after Brady I really do um, but somehow I think the difference is Belichick. You know, the difference is uh, the constant. He's going to come up with a game plan. He's going to absolutely, uh, you know, take the game records out of the game, and Brady's going to score enough points and beat and beat San Diego. That's what I think. I think Los Angeles is going to win this game. I, I think. I, I think. If I you called compa- him San Diego yeah, and then Los times, Angeles, but, yes. but uh, sorry. Everyone knows what you're talking about because most to people me still they're do still that. San Diego, yeah, exactly. But the Chargers, yeah. But I think I think there's I think San Diego's got or no, nah, you got me. Doing it. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Got me doing. It. Los <laughs> Angeles has two. More. I think they've got. I mean, they're a more talented team, 
I think Ron- they are. Gronkowski's not the same Gronkowski. I don't know if he's just hurt or if it's just the wear and tears on him. And I think this is the last year. You know, and, and while New England's scoring a lot, Brady this year on third down has not been as efficient as he has in his career in the past. Right. And, you know, you wonder in the playoffs if that's going to start catching up to them. Wow. Um, so you got the upset on the road. Yeah, huh? I think the Chargers upset the Patriots in this one. I, Boy, I actually be- like the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl at the AFC. Really? That'd be a terrific I, I think so- I think they're a terrific team. Is it, so then you think okay so it'd be San, it'd be San Diego it'd be Los San Diego Angeles at Chargers Kansas City at Kansas City yeah. which is an AFC West. Yeah. Now I believe the Chargers won there a few weeks ago. They did. They absolutely did. Yeah, I mean that would be that'd be a hell of an AFC Championship game, and you know teams that we were we're definitely not used to seeing in Super Bowls. You know either one of them. So yeah, no, absolutely, no. I I think I I like I like the Los Angeles Chargers this year. I really do. I think this is wow. the year they they finally put it together. Wow. Well, with Bosa and those guys, I mean, they're you know Derwin James. I mean, they got they got a pretty good defense to go with what's been uh, a pretty explosive offense at times. And and uh, like I said, be great to see Philip Rivers um, be on that stage because I you know he's very very good. So busy weekend of football, lots of playoff games. Whether you root for San Diego or the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, Aren't those two cities like year, melting together anyway? Is the same? The, yeah, it's just a highway. It's just a highway apart, to be honest with you. I think there's like a golf course between them, and that's all. Because next year it's going to be the San Diego Raiders, man. What do you think of that, man? That's how, who's how do you think his act right plays in San Diego for a year? Now we're going. I don't. No, we'll be really confused. What's going to happen if the Chargers have to go down there and play in their former city? That'd be and the third. Said, that'd be the third it. city that the Raiders have located to in California. Oh, I know. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. They don't care. They're just waiting for Johnny Vegas. They're waiting for Vegas. Get that stadium built. We're ready to go. So it'll be it'll be a great weekend. Uh, this is my favorite. I, I like the wild cards are nice, but to me, this is the best weekend in. Uh, in football, I mean, obviously you're going to get to the championship games after this, but yeah, but you only got two you, games. You got four you games only got, this weekend. Yeah, so. you got four, and this is this is going to be some intense football here. So this will be great. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Steve, I don't know how they did it. I, I watched this game uh, the other night, and they got thoroughly outplayed. I thought for mm, I don't know two and three quarters, two and a half periods. I mean, what what would you say with the Carolina Hurricane? I I don't know. They were up. They were down one to nothing, and then and then all of a sudden, you look up and they got a W. Yeah, I would say the first half of the game they definitely were you know outplayed. They weren't skating tonight. They just I don't know no. if they're just tired. I you know they just had a, an off night. They just didn't seem like they were skating very well. Their passes weren't very crisp. They had trouble getting out of their own zone. Carolina well, you know, was forechecking pretty well. I mean, Carolina came in this game winning five in a row, and, and they struggled to score usually, but they actually they have been scoring a lot of goals going in this game. I, You know, I think, and we talked about this the other night too, the Lightning struggled a lot to keep the puck on their sticks and clearing the zone and all that. But they didn't give up a ton of grade-A chances either. They did I mean, not. Carolina and was I, in the zone a lot, but they, they actually defended pretty well in their own zone. Yep. They just Bassey had they couldn't like get out of their six zone. saves, yeah. 27, 28 saves, and, yeah. but there weren't a lot of great scoring chances. They just dominated. Yeah, they had it on their side of the ice all the time. I mean, yeah. that's that's really what the difference was. But yeah, then they scored a goal. Braden Point gets a goal, um, but offsides. It was a four on four. Oh, goal. Such a bad. But they rule. challenge it for offsides because Tyler Johnson was leaving the ice, 
And in the second period, that ice is in the, the offensive zone, that door, the door on the your bench. And his skate was still on the ice as it crossed. I mean, for the letter of the rule, it's a correct call. It was. It was. But is there – let me just ask you, what like what is the reason that – you wouldn't have a door just a couple feet over. We were talking about so that. So that you can't be offsides. It makes no sense to Most me. Most rinks have the door in the offensive zone in the second period. Now, a few years ago, and maybe I don't know how long ago it was, but they moved the blue line back. The blue line used to be further up. They moved the blue line back to make the offensive zone bigger so that the, right. they had more space. And maybe at right. that point it moved it moved from before to after. I don't I don't know that for a fact, but we were talking about that up in the press box going, why is it, how hard would it be to move it so that the door is actually you know either on the line or behind the line in that case. Yeah, why, I, I, don't I, mean, I don't know, but most rinks do. There's a couple of them that actually the 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 door is behind the line. But in most really? rinks it is this way. But I we don't know why. We don't know how hard it would be to move the door. I mean, there's got to be a reason. It just seems like if the guy's going into the box as opposed to coming out, you shouldn't count. You know, I mean, I could see if they were like, wait a minute, there's somebody coming, you know, onto the ice when this or that yeah. play is made. Unless but, you just like having that door for the first and third periods in your own zone. For whatever well, that might reason. be too. Yeah, that might. So be you don't too. want to change that. I, I don't know. I don't know the reason. And we were talking about it up in the press box a bunch of us, and we don't don't know why. I don't know if it had to do with the blue line moving back or just it's always been that way. So we're leaving it. I have no idea. It's a great question, but the lightning just continue to roll. They, look, whatever they're doing, don't change, man. <laughs> don't well, change anything. Look, they're getting every team's best shot. They're the best team in yep. the NHL. Every team goes into this game going, this is our measuring stick. Yep. And so you're getting their best shot. And the lightning, you know, look, they're dominating everybody. They're, they're far ahead in the point standings. And you're going to have some off games. Tonight was not a very pretty game, but they pulled out a 3-1 victory. Two power play goals allowed- and then the empty netter. They allowed one goal, and I think that's the key, is that mm-hmm. defensively they've really cut back now. You know, Teams are not scoring like they had. Um, I just think they're doing a much better job on that side. So, man, they're just – I mean, it's it's so incredible that you watch these guys night after night, and it's like, I don't know, this man, they're not going to win this one. They're down one. Oh, they won. Okay, good. <laughs> it's just like – I mean, they're so explosive, and they get three goals. One was an empty netter. Like I said, Point could have had a hat trick if they hadn't taken away the offsides. But, um, man, they're so good. You know, they're just they, – they, when it's winning time, they win. It doesn't, And they're not happy with the way they played, but, heck, it beats losing, right? I don't, I don't know this. I believe this was the 11th game this season that they entered the third period trailing. Jeez, 11. 11th or 12th, something like that. They have a winning record. Good Lord. That's crazy. When they enter the third period trailing. And they haven't done it a lot, but they have a winning record. I don't, I don't remember exactly wow. what the record is, but it is a winning record, and tonight they were trailing one nothing going to the third, and they won. It's impressive. They're going to look at a deep run here, I'm sure, and um, you know, it, it's going to be fun to watch, and they've been fun to watch. We're almost to the All-Star break, so we're just about a little more than halfway through, I guess, the yeah. hockey season. 70 points through 44 games is quite impressive, and now they got a three-game road trip. They're at Buffalo Saturday, at the Islanders Sunday, and in Dallas on Tuesday. Yeah, before they be come home week. and get Toronto and San Jose for two games before they go on their bye and all-star break. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fun following them, and so you can do that uh, here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Remember, folks, 
you know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Uh, if you uh, didn't do so well at Christmas, this is a chance to make it up, whether you want a you know, diamond necklace, earrings, bracelet, or maybe uh, an engagement ring. Uh, go see our friend Andy. He's at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150. That's right next to the Penthouse Club. It's been an exhausting week of coverage uh, with the Bucks and all their uh, coaches, and they finally have a head coach in Bruce Arians. We hope you enjoyed uh, that interview, and I'm sure we're going to have much, much more uh, going into next week. Uh, maybe, you know, we'll we'll get some uh, analysis as we go forward and, and talk to some folks. I'm sure there'll be more news on the coaching front and who the, the Bucks are getting for some of those positions. Um, we haven't heard from Jameis Winston, so that's something that might happen as well. Um, just a lot going on with the Bucks and, of course, the Lightning, and uh, maybe the Rays, too. they got some arbitration hearings coming up uh, as well here before long. So, with all that said, we appreciate you listening. We're here Monday through Friday, and we hope you'll join us again early next week. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Versnick, have a great weekend, everybody. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.